a lot of us are waiting for someone to say, it's okay to, to do this. It's okay to put yourself first too. And it doesn't have to come at a cost or at the expense of, it can be both and. And I think that's another kind of way mindset comes into this picture because it's easy to look at it as a very either or, either responsibility, family, mom, or I'm pursuing my purpose. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Walker. As a former naturopathic doctor and anthropologist, I align the intersection of personal performance, purpose, and innovative thinking in badass women working to change the world as entrepreneurs and go-getters. Anthropology is the study and science of what makes an entrepreneur think, feel, and perform in a path compelled by a vision for helping others, solving problems, while building a life on your own terms. Together, we are exploring the health, mindset, and strategies that distinguish the world's best entrepreneurs. This is the Anthropology Podcast. Welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. This is episode 236, and we are talking about one of the subject matters that is most near and dear to my heart. I call it like the cornerstone of my methodology. And that is the idea of purpose. And I used to ask people about purpose in their, in my practice. And they'd look at me like I was crazy. And they'd say, Megan, like I came in for my eczema. Like I already told you my purpose. And I was like, your purpose is not to fix your eczema. I want to know whether or not you identify as having purpose in your life. And I know I've done podcasts on this before, and I've talked about the importance of this, and, I, and I'll go there for you again. But today, I don't have to because I am joined by an amazing researcher and coach named Talia Delju. And Talia is an expert on the concept of purpose. It is part of the work that she does every day. It's part of her academic training. And what we're going to talk about is what purpose really means. What do we need to actually do to start to identify and have purpose in our lives? And how do we know how do we know if we are there? We're going to talk about the distinction between your titles and the roles that you fill every day and what true, authentic, internalized purpose really means. This episode is for all living humans. It will literally change your life. It is truly my pleasure to introduce you to Talia Dalju. Talia Dalju, welcome to the Anthropology Podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here and see where this conversation takes us today. Well, I'm just going to micromanage a little bit from the start and say we are we're going to dive deep into the concept of purpose. And I was sharing just before we jumped in that I've, I, too, have been really excited about this conversation because, as my listeners know, talking about the idea of purpose and how we leverage this in order to be able to get clear on the impact we want to have in the world and manage our health. This is sort of like the cornerstone of my uh, of my approach. So we are we are jamming it out today on that particular <laughs> subject matter. And I'm wondering before we do that, if you can share with with my listeners, like what makes you uniquely qualified to talk about purpose and why is it something that you are equally passionate about discussing? 
Yes. So beautiful place to start. What makes me uniquely qualified? So I'll start with kind of the the resume stuff (laughs) without getting too into the weeds of it. Um, I started my career off outside of college as a leadership consultant. And throughout a full year, I lived out of a suitcase and every six days hopped on a plane and went to nearly 30 universities and sat with women day after day, night after night, talking to them about what was next and how they were making informed decisions about their future and helping them see what was good about who they were and where they were and what they were thinking and how they were thinking. And because I was traveling so much, I was reading quite a bit on the airplane and found a book called Flow by this wonderful man named Mahali Csikszentmihalyi, it's a mouthful. And it was about the psychology of optimal experience. And fast forward, I ended up going to graduate school to study under him and received my master's degree in positive psychology, which is essentially the science and study of what makes life worth living, purpose, happiness, um, meaning, identity, worth, work, and everything in between. So I was in heaven and and I've been coaching ever since. So there's that kind of academic background and the science and the research that I bring into my work. And, you know, I'm, I'm a constant student, a constant learner. I'm always heading into some sort of training certification, first and foremost for myself. Uh, you know, I think as as I continue to do self-work and inner work, it just it feeds into the work I get to do and the way I get to serve other people. So it's a never ending uh, process and evolution, but that's kind of the road that brought me here today. So I want to, I'm, I'm really curious about this. Uh, I had someone ask me this the other day and they're like, how would you define purpose? And I'm curious how you would define purpose. Yeah. So, uh, I love talking about this. <laughs> it lights, it, Everyone's it like, okay, guys, like enough. Yeah. Uh, um, but that's when you know, right? It's like when it lights you up, when it just, when you can't stop talking about it. So for me, how I personally define purpose, and I do think it's important for everybody to get a sense of what it means to them, because I think it's easy to get caught up in this narrative of, I want to find my purpose, but like, what is that? What are you actually looking for? What do you actually mean when you say that? So for me, purpose is about being in my most authentic expression and finding the people, finding the work, finding the lifestyle, making choices that just help me sink deeper into my authentic self, that align with what is authentic to me. And so, so much of the work, I think, when it comes to purpose, ends up on the surface being about well, like, what, what do you want to do with your life? But for me, it's, it's so much deeper. It has to start with, well, who, who do you want to be? Who are you? Right. And how do you then connect all these other pieces so that things feel integrated and full and whole all together? And I get that that's still a little bit up here and abstract and we'll hopefully get to get a little bit more kind of tactical and practical with it. Uh, The other way I, I describe purpose is it's when who you do, who who you do. Not that. It's when who you, <laughs> maybe that's a part of it. Someone's it's like, when, wait, 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 I'm going to take that clip right there. I'm living my purpose. It's okay. They're not in our audience. I'm doing it all. Yeah. Um, when who you are meets what you do. And, you know, for me, when I talk about coaching, it's who I am. Like it's, it's what I breathe. It's who I am. It's how I think. It's what I speak. It's, it's in my blood. It's, it's who I am. And so there's no other option 
but to coach. Like I, I don't have other choices really. And some people might find that limiting or a little bit restricting, but I find it so freeing because there is such clarity clarity in it for me. And it's reinforced daily through the feedback, right? Once you identify those gifts and you contribute your gifts and you recognize the impact it's making, it just, it just continues to feed it. Right. Right. So I want to take this, I want to take this from here, which is lovely. Mm -hmm. And I want to take it right to the ground with the people who are like, this is fantastic. I'm so glad that other people can find their purpose, but I have to support my kids and I have student loans and I have all this responsibility. It's called adulting. Like how do, how do we go from this mindset of I've got all this stuff to do and the, and, and purpose is a privilege to, okay, I want that too. Maybe, maybe it's an, an option for me as well. Mm, yeah. So I think the first thing I'd say, and it kind of takes us back to my earlier point, which is to really get clear on what you mean when you say you want to find your purpose, because purpose can A, be defined in so many ways, B, can in very many ways, instead of it being this like separate thing you have to find, maybe it's something you infuse in the things you're already doing, right? It's, it's, and so I think my first question for anyone who's like, okay, well, where do I turn? How do I begin? I'd say, well, let's look at what purpose means to you. And the, and the kind of opening question I always pose here is who's someone who you think has found theirs? So whoever comes to mind, it's maybe somebody who's close to you. It's maybe Oprah or, you know, somebody you don't know, but admire. So who's somebody that you think has found their purpose? So get their names down on paper. And then part two is the most important. And it's what makes you think they found it? What about them makes you think they found their purpose? Because it's an assumption you're making. Like you can't prove that in court in front of a judge. It's just some, it's a feeling you have about them. Like it's clear to you for whatever reason. So looking at the reasons why, what is it about Oprah that makes you feel like she's found her purpose? And time and time again, when I ask this question, what it ends up boiling back down to with, you know, whoever that person is in a lot of people's minds, it really comes down to, you know, person who's found purpose is somebody who does what they do with conviction. They're so themselves, they're unapologetically who they are. They're, you know, deeply kind of ingrained in in the learning about their subject matter, whatever that might be. And they're they're authentic. They're authentic. They're authentic. And so for, for, you know, anyone who's listening, again, I'd look at the qualities that make you think, because that's just, that just shows you what it is you want for yourself. You want that same conviction. You want that same confidence. You want that same unapologetic, you know, authentic expression that you see in this other person. So that's how you define purpose, whether you know it or not, in some way, that's kind of your mental model based on what you've seen and who you think has found it. You know, and then I think from there, it's, it's a lot of mindset work. Cause what I, what I heard you say there, Megan was, you know, this idea of, well, I don't have time. Purpose is a privilege. That's a story you've been telling yourself. That's probably not helping you. Right. So, so is it true that purpose is a privilege? Because when you position purpose in that kind of way, you're putting it on this pedestal that you don't feel like is available to you. So you're automatically getting in your own way. You're automatically stopping yourself from this thing called purpose that again is like, how will you know you found it? That's the other question I always ask. How will you know you found it? What will it feel like? 
and and much like happiness, it can be this thing we're constantly chasing because we're not actually clear on what the experience of it is that we're seeking. And one of my dear friends and, and authors, um, Antonio Nebs, in his book, Stop Living on Autopilot, highly recommend this book. He says, what we're chasing in life is the feeling that reminds us that we're alive. And I thought that was such a beautiful way to, to, to kind of, in some ways, talk about purpose too, right? It's wanting to feel alive. It's wanting to feel significant. It's wanting to feel like we matter. It's wanting to feel like there's a reason to our being. So I could keep going. I'm going to stop there, but <laughs> that's how well, I no, it, that it is true because people will often say that. How do you know? Uh, you said it's like happiness and my brain is like, it's like labor. You just... <laughs> I remember mom saying this to me in practice all the time. Like, how will I know? And even me, I was, I have three kids. I was like, how will I know I'm in labor? And everyone's like, this isn't an intellectual exercise. Like you'll just know. And if you're questioning whether you're in labor, you're not in labor. Like you just, you just, you just know, which isn't helpful for people who are looking for purpose. Cause they're like, okay, like that, that, but it really, uh, it, it's sort of like confidence. You wake up one day and you're like, oh, I got the confidence badge on my backpack. Like I didn't, I don't know when that was sewn on there and it wasn't delivered, but it just, yeah. it, huh. It's just, yeah, we're in. The, so part of it is being present, but you know, one of the, yes. one of the things I just wanted to, I, I'm going to share and I'd love your perspective on this is mm-hmm. I was speaking on, on the notion of purpose to a room of 200 women, predominantly, Uh, predominantly mothers and we're talking about purpose and I could see this like look of conflict on their faces because again it was like well this sounds lovely but I've got these things to do or you know half the room I was like oh you have that look on your face where your kids are your purpose and I wanted to clarify because for me I feel like kids are an opportunity for your purpose to manifest but I really caution against the externalization of purpose but before I even talked about that what I what I said to these women who like just confused on their face. I stopped and I walked to the front of the room and I looked at everybody and I said, I want you to know this is the closest you're ever going to get, but you all have permission to Mm -hmm. pursue your purpose. Everyone Mm -hmm. here has an opportunity to pursue it. And this is the closest the universe is ever going to come to telling you and tapping on the shoulder saying you have permission to do it. And Mm -hmm. half the room burst into tears. And it was so interesting to me. It's like we are we are waiting for the permission to be able to do that. It's like, we feel like people who are living their purpose were somehow given the golden ticket that said you're allowed to look. And then you other people have to stay in that state of responsibility. Um, Mm. And I'd I'd love for you to just comment on that because I do feel like there is this, we we're waiting for permission to live our most authentic life. And I'm like, it's not, you have to give it to yourself. Yes. I have chills just hearing all of what you just said is brilliant. Um, And there are so many pieces that we can pull apart there. I think the first thing I want to touch on is what you said about the externalization of purpose and how oftentimes we gain, and so much of my research in grad school was around this and identity and taking what's called a multiple identities approach to change and transition. And what that, what that means kind of brought back down to earth is, um, you know, we're quick to define ourselves by our external, the roles we fill, right? And 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 I don't know if, I, I, this wasn't even a conscious thing, but when you asked me what my purpose is, I didn't sit here and say, I'm a coach, right? Because I may not right. be that. I might not be that yes. in 10 years, right? And so these roles and these titles and these identities 
are constantly changing and them changing doesn't mean you you were doing it wrong or that you don't know what you're doing. That's just life, right? Like welcome to life. It's always going to be changing. And so how do we really come to know ourselves and define ourselves in ways that that are unchanging in ways that are centered and core and like central to who we are. And so the moment that it becomes tied to some outside thing, you're just walking on shaky ground because that's all temporary. Not to say that, you know, so yeah, I'll pause there. Um, And to just remind people again, that they're, they're just, it's, always being open to the next manifestation of what it's going to look like. Um, And then the next thing to answer your question more directly about the permission, I think you're absolutely right. One thing that comes up a lot in my conversations with clients is kind of this, this settling in. um, I should just be grateful. I should just be grateful for what I have and where I am. It's, it's not okay to want more. And that wanting more somehow means they're ungrateful or wanting more somehow means that they're not happy with what they have or where they are. And that wanting more somehow means they're selfish and, and, you know, every, the whole, everybody else comes first thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised at all at how powerful of a moment for you to gift these women to say the permission is your here, take it, give it to yourself. Right. And for it to be an emotional moment, because that's what we're a lot of, a lot of us are waiting for someone to say, it's okay to, to do this. It's okay to put yourself first too. And it doesn't have to come at a cost or at the expense of it can be both. And, and I think that's another kind of way mindset comes into this picture because it's easy to, look at it as a very either or either responsibility, family, mom, or I'm pursuing my purpose. And, and the minute or comes into your mind and into mm-hmm. your vocabulary, you're, you're telling yourself you can't have both. So you have to pick. Right. right. So to switch that out and to look uh-huh. at, okay, this and this, what might that look like if these two things just for the next 30 seconds might potentially be able to coexist? What right. might that look like? I, I, I talk about this idea a lot of writing your own rules. And when you write mm-hmm. your own rules, you have, you have a new way you get to live. And so I do this all the time when there's two things I want, where I go, what has to be true in my life for me to have this income and this freedom? What do I have to build? What do I have to let go of? What do I have to say yes to, to be able to have these, t- like I'm, I want my cake and I want to eat it too. And, mm-hmm. and that's sort of my life philosophy. But I, I think we just have to start asking ourselves those questions as opposed to just yes. blindly accepting this notion or the story that we, we can't have all of those, those pieces. You just, you get to write your own rules. Yeah. Yeah. Get to 100%. Write I love that. I love that question. What needs to be true in my life? That's beautiful. How do we triage when we are externalizing what we think might be our purpose versus mm-hmm. it actually being inside of us. I see this, I see this manifest for people and it all falls apart when their kids leave their house or they yeah. get divorced or they lose their job or they're no longer the Olympic athlete. Like mm-hmm. it just, it, the whole thing crumbles. How yes. do we check in as to whether or not we are actually over externalizing that component yeah. of our identity? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So quick short story and then I'll answer the question. Um, when I, this whole journey began, I mean, I'd say the journey began when I met my mother out of the womb <laughs> because that relationship has very much informed why I do the work I do today. Um, but when I had, you know, the story I always tell was December 13th, 2012, I was in college. If you had asked me, you know, who are you? Tell me about yourself. I would have, I would have done the externalization thing and I would have said, I'm president of my sorority. I'm musical director of my acapella group. I'm a student at American University. I'm a resident of DC. Here are all the things that I am, right? And I graduated that evening. And the next morning I flew back home to Atlanta and you know, I woke up and I, I, I was none of those things anymore. I was no longer any of the things I defined myself by or that I identified with and that I was so tightly holding on to because it made me feel valuable. It made me feel worthy, right? It gave me a sense of self. And there's nothing wrong with that until <laughs> it, it, there's nothing wrong with that if you remember that they're temporary. It's not all of who you are and, and those things are always going to be changing. And so fast forward to school when I, you know, had to hone in on what I wanted to study. I was like that, that thing right there. When all the things you once were no longer are the house crumbles. What do you do when, what do you do? Because it, the, the like ultimate question pops up in those moments, which is, well, who am I if not that? Cause that's who I thought I was, right? Who am I now that the kids are out of the house? Who am I now that fill in the blank? And so how to solve for this? Um, this is something that takes weeks to unpack and weeks to explore in coaching work. But essentially what I, what I have people do is list out on a piece of paper, pen to paper. That, that's an important piece of this to get it out of your head and to see it outside of yourself is to list out all the different roles and titles that you've held in your life. All the ones that have felt important to you, not just in the most current season, but throughout your lifetime. And to, and this is best done with a coach, if not with a coach, then somebody who knows you well, um, to go through each and every role you've ever filled. Cause a, what, what that immediately does is reminds you, oh, there have, there have been a lot of other things too, right? And they've all had this kind of temporary nature to them, but somehow they've all gotten me to where I am. So it takes, it takes a little bit of the, um, pressure off perhaps, or it just brings a little bit more perspective and helps you recognize, oh, life, life is, it's all chapters, right? It all happens in chapters. And so with each and every role, the work is to storytell. The work is to think about a time in each of these roles where you felt at your best, where you felt the most authentically yourself, where you felt proud, where you felt um, good, where you felt good. And through these stories, what you'll come to see without fail, inevitably, is that there's a there's a through line, there's a theme, there's a pattern, there's this this thing you've always kind of done because it's who you've always been. And that's the thing that is central and core to who you are. And once that can be pulled out, when you look ahead at what's next, what's next is just more of what was, but again, a different manifestation of that. And so 
that's of all the different exercises and practices. And, you know, we do values, core values. We do identifying your strengths and what are your natural gifts? Like we do all that work too, but it really is in this one exercise. It's called the identity tree. And the tree is meant to kind of symbolize seasons and the change of seasons and how every branch is a different role. And, you know, if you identified by one thing, you'd be missing the rest of it. So that's such a meaningful way to help people make sense of who they are by connecting the dots between, you know, where they've been, where they are, where they're going and has led to some of the most. And it's interesting because, yes, the, the kind of takeaways are profound, but it's also like, huh, yeah, I can see how that's like always kind of been there. Right. And and oftentimes it's it's so close to us, which is why it's so hard to see it sometimes, because we feel like it's this one thing we have to go out and find and it's going to be hard and I have no idea who I am or what I want. And I don't think that's really ever true. Do you think everyone can find their purpose? Yes, depending on how you define it, depending on how you define it. Does everyone have a purpose? Yes. Okay. In the way in the way I define it. Right. Like in the way I define it. Yes. Well, you change the rules, you change your life. So, if you want to find your purpose, <laughs> then you just change the rules and then you can start to then you can start to you can start to pursue it. You know, it's funny when I look back on my life, I made the decision 18 months ago to step out of uh, my private practice with patients, and the number one question I got from colleagues is like, "What are you going to do with your title?" Like you you work so hard. I would never stop practicing mm-hmm. because I don't want to give up my title. And I was like, that is so funny because I mean, I don't funny isn't maybe the wrong word. That is so interesting mm-hmm. because I'm, 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 it was, that was cool to do that. But I, I, I don't care if people call me doctor or not like that's mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm connected to what that experience has enabled me to do and continue to do, but yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, validation isn't even the right word. I'm just not attached to that component of my identity. It's like a piece I can throw in my backpack and I can keep mm-hmm. going. It doesn't take away from the experience for me in any way, shape or form. And then I realized that that one, I think that perspective was indicative of where I was at in the evolution of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, but secondly, I was like, oh, I've always kind of been like that. I just take experiences and throw them in my backpack. And even as you were talking right now, we have these through lines. Mm-hmm. You know, if I would distill down everything that I do and just say, like, who am I? I would just say, I'm a builder. Mm. If that's what I am. I'm a builder. And everywhere I go, that's just always what I've done. And I was working yes. in South Africa in this remote village. And there was this, um, there was the chief of the village. We were talking and he was like, I know who you are. And I was like, Okay. you're the builder and it was so funny Mm -hmm. as you were talking about this right now and I didn't I didn't actually know what he meant Mm. by that at the time but I was like oh okay I see I see that I see that through line and you're you're totally right and bang on because that component of my identity manifests in all these different areas and so I can be a parent and I can be a mom and I can be all these things that are really important to me, but my purpose actually shines through in each of those, in those elements. And it's actually a huge relief. It's a massive relief because I am not, I'm not connected to those components. That's not my identity. Like 
I love yeah. that you said that. And I, if there's like one thing I want people to take away from this, it's the opportunity to understand and differentiate the two because mm-hmm. it will save you so much heartache in your life yes. if you yeah. can make that distinction. Yeah. And so I do have a question here, <laughs> which mm-hmm. is how would you go about facilitating this conversation in younger people? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like all these people have this awakening around 40. They're like, oh, I'm starting to understand who I am. <laughs> I would really love it if people could have that awakening at like 18 or start to have those conscious conversations yeah. uh, younger. This, yeah. I mean, this should be, this is the kind of thing that should happen in school. But yeah, how would you open that conversation earlier yeah. in life? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I also had a, a thought I wanted to maybe circle back to later about the, um, the letting go of the title and the, the not wanting to do that. Right. Um, but with, with the conversation with younger people and, and I'd say my career started there, it started with people in college and in, in those kind of formative years, as they were starting to think about what was next, as, as simple as the sounds, my first piece of advice would be pay attention, pay attention to what feels good and what doesn't pay attention to what gives you energy and what doesn't pay attention to when you feel joy and when you don't pay it, pay attention and trust yourself. <laughs> I think, especially in those early years, we, we, for, again, for better, or for worse, there's, there are reasons why we do this. And I think it is important, but we're, we're looking to, we're looking outside of ourselves. We're looking to see what our teachers think and our parents think and our friends think, and, and we're taking all that information in. So pay attention to what's coming in and, and make the conscious, learn how to consciously choose what you actually accept as truth for you. Like, okay, interesting. Thank you for that filter, create a filter for yourself. Do I want to hold on to this? Is this their rule? Or is this my rule? And, and maybe I want to adapt the rule. Maybe I don't want the rule at all. And so paying attention, I think, is going to be an important piece of, of that process early on. Um, in addition to just getting into the habit of, of asking why, right, with, with, with each choice you make, with, with you know, the, the really with the choices you make is why? What's the why behind this? What is the expectation you're placing on this? Where? What is this being informed by? Um, not to judge whatever the choice is, but just to continue to put yourself in the seat of I am the one who gets to choose and to be intentional with the choices you're making. Um, the last thing of the three that I think I would just encourage people early on to do is to see the first few years as exploration and to really have fun and like, let it be a playground. Like it's, it's easy to get caught up in purpose or in work as, you know, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to be that thing forever. And then when it's not feeling good anymore, it's the world, you know, the world crumbles and, Mm -hmm. and it's not going to feel good. It's not going to be your forever job, especially now every two, three years, people are changing jobs. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but to let yourself explore and experiment and come back to the drawing board. And again, pay attention what worked, what didn't work. When did you feel good? When did you not feel good? And to just collect data so that the further along you get in your career, you can actually make decisions that are consciously informed by the experiences you've had. 
I love that. And I feel like this is, despite the fact that I want to just keep going deeper and deeper on this, <laughs> on this piece, I feel like this is a really great place to transition the interview to something I call our KPIs. So just like we have key performance indicators in our business, I think we have them in how we live our life as well. Mm-hmm. So I've got four quick questions for you, Talia. Love it. The first it. is, and perhaps related to the subject matter, but it doesn't have to be, what is your most recommended book or idea for contemplation so far this year? Oh goodness, you've opened a can of worms. <laughs> I do that. I, I do I, that. <laughs> yeah, I read, I read like, a, I read a lot and I run a book club, a personal development book club. I'd say the, the book that's currently top of mind for me and that I would recommend to anybody and everybody is Atomic Habits. Um, Atomic, have you read the book? Yeah. It's on my, yeah, yeah. it's on my audible right now. I'm rereading it. Re-listening. It's, it's, I think it's easy personally for me to kind of get like a little eye rolly. Okay. Another book about habits and habits have always been something that have been somewhat hard for me to cultivate consistently, but the approach he takes to habits through the lens of identity and self-perception I think is brilliant. So that's, that's my recommendation today. Ask me tomorrow and then it'll be something else. That's okay. We can do this again. (laughs) What is your favorite health hack? Ooh, my favorite health hack is this right here. Um, every morning I drink a warm cup of tea. It's an herbal infusion of cumin, coriander, fennel, ginger, and turmeric. And it has totally shifted and transformed my digestion and just the way I feel in my body and a great way to start my day. Amazing. Look, she's got the habit as part of question number two. <laughs> so living it, how would you define your purpose? My purpose is to be in my most authentic expression so I can help others do the same. Amazing. And last question for you, Talia, entrepreneurism, are we born this way or do we learn to become entrepreneurs? Oh, goodness. I don't know how to answer that. Are we born (laughs) this way? I, I, I think we learn it. I think we learn it. I'm going to go with that. I could argue either way, but I'm going to stick to that today. (laughs) It's perfect. It's an ongoing state of uh, evolution. Talia Dalju, it's been a pleasure having you. Where can we send people to learn more about the work you're putting into the world? Yes. So Instagram is my playground. Um, You can find me on Instagram at taliadalju.com. And my kind of signature all things in one program is called power by purpose. If you're looking to really dive deep into this inner work, work through some of the practices I mentioned today, power by purpose could potentially be a next step to explore. Fantastic. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you so much, Megan. Loved our conversation and all the questions you brought up for us to explore today. Awesome. And just so everyone knows, we covered a lot of stuff. We will have all the links to everything that Talia is up to, including books that she talked about in our show notes. And you can catch those by going to meganwalker.com forward slash podcast. There is truly nothing I like talking about more than the concept of purpose. And I shared this in this particular interview, but if you were to ask me how I would identify my own purpose, some days I'll tell you it's about 
helping other people find theirs. Some days I'll tell you it's about other people finding a capacity to build something in their lives. And if I was going to dis- distill all these different versions of my of my purpose, I think I'm just going to start moving forward to share that I'm a builder and I help people build things in their own life that are meaningful and authentic. So I want to thank Talia for helping me clarify that in the moment, on the spot, during this podcast today. And, you know, in the spirit of that, we've been sharing this all month long. I really, really believe that the world now more than ever needs the type of care and health that we provide as what I call upstream practitioners, naturopathic doctors, functional medicine doctors. I don't care about your identity. I care about the work that you put out into the world. And so we're going to do something entirely different. Just about every person I know in my ecosystem told me this was a little bit crazy. Um, So that meant that I was on the right path. And that is we are are letting you attend our world famous impact lives event. This is a personal and professional development event for practitioners, helping them to build out their businesses. Every year we have a theme and every year we get stuff done. It's not just a bunch of random talkers and speakers. It is about us moving the needle forward. And the theme for impact lives this year is marketing. And my friends over at health hives who, Oh, that's my other hat, different identity. Um, what we've done with health hives is we are actually underwriting access to the first thousand people who want to join us at impact lives. So that availability, those tickets are only available until the last day of August, which is today. So if you are interested in joining us at impact lives this year, today is your last day to be able to join us for free. And you can access your tickets by heading over to impactlivesevent.com. You'll find all of the details about what we are covering over the course of those three days. My goal, and I've shared this with my team, is I literally want to change the trajectory and course of the businesses of thousands of practitioners over a three-day period. That is my sole purpose right now. So I'd love for you to join us. Head over to impactlivesevent.com for you to be able to access your free ticket. Today is the last day for you to be able to do that. For all of my listeners, I want to thank you again for joining me. I am wishing you a strong week of impact. I'm Megan Walker, and I will see you again here next week. 